You're listening to The Marketing Funnel Show, episode number 73. Have you ever bought something based on the recommendation of someone else? Even if you didn't actually know that person, that is the powerful persuasion pillar of liking. And today we're breaking down how you can use this in your own business. Welcome to the Marketing Funnel Show. I'm your host, Michelle Evans, and this is the podcast for coaches, experts, and online business owners to learn how to go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels. All right, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another great week. And thanks for letting the Marketing Funnel Show be a part of your week. Hey, I've got a quick question for you. Have you taken a moment to jump into Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast to leave a rating and a review? If so, will you do me a favor and yourself a favor and send me a screenshot and I will give you a shout out, my friend. You can send it to Michelle at michellelevans.com. Don't forget that middle L. You know, someone owns the domain name Michelle Evans and they wanted, last time I checked, like $8,000 for it and I am not paying that much money. So it's michellelevans.com and I've even got a great free mini course for you. And again, I'm going to give it to you for free. And it's called the one sentence marketing hook. And it'll help you come up with your one sentence to hook and engage your audience into what you stand for and what you offer. And it goes perfectly with this whole persuasion pillar series that we're doing, right? So don't forget to do that. All you have to do is let me know that you've done this rating and review and you are in my friend. All right. Today, we are continuing to talk about the principles of persuasion. These have been coined by Dr. Robert Cialdini back in 1984. This is like ancient history, but it's well proven. These are well proven with psychology, with testing, with advertising, with marketing. It's like these have been tried, trued, and tried, trued. Is that how you say it? These have these are tried and true and have been tested repeatedly. And so you can trust that these are things that will work in your business. If you missed episodes 70, 71, and 72, you may want to hit pause on this episode and go back and start on episode 70 so that you can go through these from um, episode 70, 71, 72, because it kind of goes in, you know, in order. If not, you know, just live dangerously and jump in at episode 73. That's totally fine, too. But I'm doing a whole seven-part series on this so that you can really take these um, seven uh, pillars of persuasion so that you can really put them into your business and start to pick and choose what works best for you and for your business. I mean, obviously, you can't take every single thing and put it into your business all at once, but you can start to use some of these things and hopefully you'll come back to this series and say, okay, what else can I put in here later? So if you want to go on that journey, episode 70 is a great place to start. If not, you know, live dangerously, live on the edge, just stick with me here. (laughs) But if you've been with me in this whole journey, you know, 
stick with me because today is great. And because when you match up the principles of persuasion and when you really take the time to think through kind of why you're doing the marketing, you're not just doing random acts of marketing, right? You're being thoughtful about what you're doing and why you're doing it and you match it up with your marketing funnel, which is your strategy, it's your system, you can create a profit engine that attracts clients, students, and customers for years to come so that you can get business results without worry. So again, we're talking all about Dr. Robert Cialdini's book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And if you don't want to read, if you don't have tons of time to lounge around on a couch or in a bathtub reading, you can be like me and get it on Audible and listen to it as you're on the go. Uh, But in the book, Cialdini explains the psychology of why people say yes and how to apply these principles in your everyday life to persuade people. And uh, he talks about your everyday life. I'm kind of taking it from everyday life into your business. And today we'll tackle principle number three, principle number four, uh, and apply it to your marketing funnel because these will make a huge difference in how effective your marketing funnel is for your audience and for your own results, right? So as a quick, quick reminder, if you haven't been on this with me, Cialdini's persuasion pillars are number one, reciprocity, number two, commitment and consistency, number three, social proof, number four, this is today, liking, number five, authority, number six, scarcity, and number seven, unity. So let's dive into uh, pillar number four, which is liking. So why do brands selling automobiles, shampoo, and face cream always feature some highly desirable female model with long flowing hair, usually like blowing in the breeze, right? Why does Nike hire well-known athletes usually sweating and in the moment? Why do companies like Microsoft pay massive big bucks to have their products prominently featured on TV shows and in blockbuster movies? The answer is this persuasion pillar of liking. Dr. Cialdini explains that we are more likely to say yes to requests made by people, by companies, and by brands that we like. This explains why we are, you know, that much more likely to purchase something recommended by people close to us and why, you know, Facebook tells you when a friend or 10, like a page, a product or a service. But here's the kicker. We don't actually need to know a person or a company for this principle to work on us. We just have to like what they stand for and feel like they are aligned with who we see ourselves as or who we hope we will be one day, right? I mean, this is what the whole keeping up with the Kardashians is about, right? They've got millions of people who literally watch them living their lives, using products, wearing certain brands and styles, and people who love the Kardashians want to buy those same sorts of things or knockoffs to look like the real thing. The principle of liking is very, very, very strong. It's about fitting in. It's about being part of the tribe. It's about being in the know. And most of the time, we don't even realize it's happening because it can be subtle and it is so 
just interwoven into our psyches. In the book Influence, Dr. Cialdini lists five factors that power the principle of liking. So liking factor number one is physical attractiveness. Now, I'm not talking about you. Like, you don't have to be a supermodel to make this work for you. Thank goodness, right? Like, I don't... (laughs) I personally don't fit into the supermodel category. So if you don't, my friend... We're, we're all okay. And, you know, I, I'm not talking about you as the business attractiveness. I'm talking about the whole thing, like making your, your business attractive, making your message, making, you know, your website, everything. This is what Apple is all about, for example. Sleek, modern, and beautiful design. I wouldn't necessarily have put Steve Jobs into the drop dead gorgeous category, right? Like that's, I wouldn't put him in the movie star category, but the package of the company and his design and the user interface and the experience that he put together with his company approach to kind of a really nerdy tech heavy category made them stand out as hugely attractive. And he was also really really thoughtful about his branding. And I'll talk about that in the last liking factor. And that's why even now, years after Steve Jobs passed away, Apple continues to have a rabidly obsessed fan base that will shell out thousands and thousands of dollars for the latest Apple products. You know, it's starting, uh, other people are starting to chip away at this, but the really core people are still like all Apple all the time. On another hand, think about Jeff Bezos at Amazon again. Like, Jeff Bezos is not movie star handsome. He's not somebody I'd put in that category. But his vision and the experience that he's created at Amazon is hugely attractive to me as a busy mom and consumer. I I now, I don't have to worry about running out of toilet paper at home because, hello, I have the highly attractive and addictive auto ship feature on Amazon. Like, I am not going anywhere. I have Prime and I'm addicted. Cialdini says that physical attractiveness suggests other favorable traits like honesty, humor, trustworthiness, and more. Like, Amazon would fit into that trustworthiness. I kind of like hesitate to say that because I know that mm, they don't always treat the cities that they're in the best and they don't always treat their their uh, employees the best. But as a consumer, I feel like I can trust that I'm going to order something that's going to show up on my front porch very quickly. Um, and so the physical attractiveness for me goes really well with that. So as you build up your online presence, try to create an attractive, engaging experience with you and your brand online. And just think about how that all comes together. And that's, you know, the design, that's just everything, right? All right, liking factor number two, similarity. So we like people similar to us in terms of interests, opinions, personality, background, experience, failures, and more. This is why, my friend, it is so important to warm your audience up. This is why content marketing is so important. This is why it's so important to take your eye off of just 
opt-ins and and be more of a giver up front. And I talk about this all the time when I'm talking about marketing funnels. And I talk about the quote unquote secret to good marketing. It's this idea of warming your audience up by sharing stories of a time when you face failure, like what your audience faces. And I talk about this and I see people like deer in the headlights like, want to talk about my failures that's no 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 but honest to goodness this is how you attract the right people to your business when you share that you've struggled with things like think about oprah she is the perfect example oprah uh and ellen and like these big personalities who've shared things their struggles over the years why do you think people love them so much because they're like oh my gosh I struggle with that same thing. You're just like me, right? There is something incredibly powerful about finding a person, a leader, a company, or a brand that acts like a friend, that connects and creates a bond with you. One aspect of making your customers think of you like a friend is relatability and similarity. And it's this this part of likability, right? If your customers, if your buyers, if your audience feels that you can relate to them, that you're kind of like them, but maybe you're a few steps ahead of them and that you understand the problems that they're facing, they can begin to think of you like that trusted friend, like that person that they kind of want to be like, they want to learn from, they want to be around. They're like, hey, I think you might have something I need to find out. I might want to learn more from you. I might want to buy from you. So here's another example. Do you have a favorite movie franchise or book series? I do. Look, I love a lot of movie franchises, but my biggest, truest love is a book series called Outlander. I freaking love these books. And I have since the 90s. Like, I fell in love with these books. I think that I first started reading them in like 1998, maybe. So when Stars came out with the TV series, and, and and the author says that there's over 2 million words in this book series. Like, I love these. I've read these books so many times, I can't even tell you. So in 2014, when Stars came out with the TV series, I was over the moon. I could not wait. And it wasn't just because I could see my beloved story on the small screen. And I'm not even going to lie. When the new episodes come out on Sunday, Sunday, I am like locked in my room. Nobody better talk to me. Nobody better interrupt me for that time because I'm just like, <gasps> and I know the story frontwards and backwards, but if anyone <laughs> were to, I don't even think anybody ever has, but if they were to come interrupt me, they would probably get their head torn off because I love these so much. I'm just like, <gasps> I've got to watch this. And I hardly ever watch TV like this. But but even more than that, all of a sudden, 
I was able to find my people. Like my people suddenly showed up in the form of podcasts, swag. There were like t-shirts and sweatshirts and bags. And uh, I don't actually have any of these, but all these like 18th century costume makers all of a sudden came out of the woodwork. I'm not going to be like putting on any like big foofy dresses that require, I don't know, two hours of prep time. That's way too foofy for me. But, you know, like these soap makers that have authentically made 18th century soaps, all this stuff. And pretty soon Outlander was recently at the New York Comic Con even, and they built the cabin that was just featured. And like, it was like my love of this universe was validated and I belonged to this whole community. And I'm not going to lie. It's like the the new um, episodes come out on Sunday and my my favorite podcast for this comes out um, on Monday morning. And of course, I'm on a Patreon of it, so I get it. I jump out of bed first thing Monday, and I'm like frantically downloading my podcast. And if my podcast isn't there, I'm like, no, (laughs) because I listen to the podcast host, and it's like hanging out with my besties, dishing on the episode. Like, I'm such a nerd about this. But this is what it means to, to really belong, right? It creates a bond. And I'm going to be so sad when this TV series is over because it feels good. I love my people who nerd out on these stories like I do. And, you know, if you feel like that about anything, about a product, a service, a movie series, a comic series, a superhero series, you know, whatever, um, you know how that feels. And my question for you is this, how can you create a place where your community feels like they belong? How can you create that? Um, and, and the bottom line here is we like people like us, right? We like people who love to nerd out on the things we love to nerd out on. All right, so that might've given you a little more insight into me than maybe you wanted, but there you go. All right, liking factor number three, compliments. I think Wendy's, yes, the fast food chain Wendy's, is absolutely the bomb diggity dog at this. If you have never seen Wendy's Twitter game, it is on fire. They are amazing. And you don't even have to jump into the Twitterverse to see it. Just Google Wendy's Twitter and you'll see some pretty epic Twitter takedowns. They're hilarious. I don't know who runs their Twitter account, but they're amazing. And You know, when you think of compliments, you might think of like, (laughs) you might think of like fawning over people, but Wendy's is kind of the opposite. Like, (laughs) they don't really compliment people. Sometimes they do, but not usually. Um, (laughs) People tweet at Wendy's kind of to get a smackdown because they want a laugh and they want validation. They want, they kind of want to be seen and that's a compliment. Um, and I, you know, I really, <laughs> Wendy's is really good because they go after their competition and just like, they just roast them, but in a really hilarious way, but they'll do it to regular people too, who will just like tweet random stuff at them. And it is so funny. It is just hilarious. 
And, and like, there's other people out there who do it really well, too. But I think Wendy's by far and away is the best. Now, switching gears. Have you ever... you know, shared or responded to a brand on social media and gotten no response. I mean, yeah, probably all of us have, and we probably don't really think much about it, right? So if you like, you know, comment on, I don't know, like a news story or one of your favorite brands or whatever, you don't usually get a response back from them. Well, have you ever shared or responded to a brand on social media and then gotten a response? How does that make you feel? I'll never forget when Amy Porterfield gave me a shout out on her podcast in episode number 100. I woke up that morning and I had hundreds of people. I mean, like my my inbox on Facebook was overflowing. I was like, what is happening? What is happening? It's crazy. I think I had like 380 people who had messaged me. I was just like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And I had tons of emails. I had hundreds of people who reached out to me and let me know that they'd heard her talking about me. It was thrilling and it was humbling. And, you know, I I commented on social media and then Amy responded. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing day. And there have been many times when I've gotten comments back from people online that are just thrilling and it feels really great. It's validating. And whenever someone shares my podcast or tags me online so that I see it, I always jump in and thank them because it's so thoughtful to have somebody say, hey, you should check out Michelle's podcast or you should check out this blog post that Michelle did or whatever. And and I want to make sure that I publicly say, hey, thanks so much, you know, whoever, to so that they know that, you know, I'm validating them as well. So my question for you is, how are you interacting with your audience when they give you a shout out, when they engage with your content online? Because to them, you're someone famous, right? And when you respond, you'll make them feel like they've rubbed shoulders with someone famous and that's a compliment. So bottom line with this is, all of us love to receive validation, to receive praise, and we tend to like those who give it. So remember when your audience takes the time to interact with you online, take a minute to recognize them. It goes a really long way toward establishing a more intimate conversation and relationship with your customers and with your audience. All right, liking factor number four, contact and cooperation. Sometimes we like companies and people not because of who they are or what they look like, but because of what they stand for. We respect them because they've got a goal and they've got values that match our own. So here's some examples. Think Tom's Shoes, Charity Water, Pencils of Promise, Patagonia, Aveda, Apple, No Child Hungry right? These are all organizations who stand firmly for their values and their beliefs. You know if you're in their corner or not. If you are, you'll probably go out of your way to engage with their cause and or their company. If they don't stand for your values, you'll probably avoid them at all costs. 
So bottom line, we feel a sense of commonality when working with others to fulfill a common goal. So a question for you is, do you have a strong sense or set of ideals that you support and stand for? If so, it's probably a good idea to let your audience know so that they can be firmly in your camp or not. If not, you know, like this isn't something that you have to make up and and be for, but if this is something that's really important to you, I'd encourage you to include it into your liking factor. All right, the final liking factor, liking factor number five, conditioning and association. All right. Do you remember those old Mac versus PC commercials where the Mac guy was the young guy in a hoodie who was cool and approachable? I worked at Microsoft at this time and I was like, oh God, I hate these commercials because I was at Microsoft. So the Mac guy was young. He was cool. He was approachable. The PC guy was overweight, balding, totally socially awkward, wearing a tight white shirt where like the buttons over his belly were kind of poofing out. He had like a pocket protector and big ugly glasses that he would push up like he just full on nerd alert, right? Yeah, that was conditioning and association in action, my friend. Like just seeing the two of them made you know exactly what the Mac versus PC was trying to say. Buy a Mac and you're young and hip and cool. Buy a PC, you're old, overweight, nerdy, and out of touch, and nobody likes you. And I gotta say, it worked. Those ads have not run for years and years and years, but that conditioning, it is deeply ingrained to this day. So do you do you know how hard it is to overcome that? <laughs> you don't have to be quite that blatant about your conditioning and association. I mean, like Steve Jobs, he he hated PCs. He hated Bill Gates. He hated Steve Ballmer at that time. Like he he wanted to do everything he could to just like throw darts at them, right? So he wanted to do that. You do not have to be that blatant about your conditioning and association, but you know, maybe you're a rebel and you want to do that. But you do want to do something for your brand to be remembered, for your, you know, company, for you, for your message. And it has to evolve. You have to evolve from being just a maker of a product or a program or a service into a creator and and an enforcer of an idea and an ideal. Um, And that's, you know, Apple went from just a maker of a computer into this more lifestyle. And that was really one of the steps uh, when he was <laughs> when he was doing that. And even backing it up a bit when when they introduced the um, uh, iPod is really when they started taking that step towards the ideal. But But um, even more than that, you just want to think about how do you want to condition your audience? What do you want to associate your business to? Because bottom line, just like Apple represents the inner geek and rebel in all of us, while you have outer cool, your brand needs to be associated with an ideal or a value that your customers can relate to and support. And, And they're like, yeah, that's me. That speaks to me, right? 
All right, so we just went through all those liking factors. Let's just recap them really quickly because we went through a lot really fast. So liking factor number one is physical attractiveness. And again, don't worry if you're not supermodel, drop dead gorgeous. It's not about you, it's about the whole experience. Liking factor number two is similarity. Again, this is why we want to warm people up. This is why content marketing is so important. It's why sharing our experiences is so important. Liking factor number three is compliments. Check out Wendy's. You're going to want to see what, uh, <laughs> what just recognizing your audience can do for, <laughs> for engagement. Liking factor number two is contact and cooperation. So... You know, if you stand strongly for something, for a cause or for an idea, you're going to want to make sure that that's a part of your message and your brand. And liking factor number five is conditioning and association. So Mac versus PC, just think about what do you want your message to condition your audience to associate your message with? So... Bottom line, we are much more likely to comply with requests made by people we like. We went through these five ways that you could use to make your brand more likable. Obviously, you don't have to put all of them into your marketing all at once. So which one or ones will you use so that people find you and your business more compelling? Let me know what comes up for you. Hit me up on social media or just email me, michelle at michellelevans.com. I'd love to hear from listeners just like you so that together we can create a podcast that is valuable, helpful, and gets you on the road to the marketing insights that you want to grow your business. All right. As you are listening to this, did you think of someone who could use these insights about persuasion pillars? They are so powerful in building a solid business that grows a committed buyer audience. If so, would you do both of us a big favor and share this episode with them? It's so easy to do from whatever podcasting app you're listening on, or you can just share the URL for today's show. Uh, so they can listen right on their computer or their phone, which is themarketingfunnelshow.com forward slash 73. And your friend can listen right there. Also, do you want profit without worry in your business? You are invited to find out which marketing funnel is right to grow your business. Just go to michellelevans.com forward slash quiz to take the quick quiz and I'll show you exactly how to get started. You can experience for yourself exactly how the persuasion pillars work so you can put them to use in your own business. All right. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place on another great episode of the Marketing Funnel Show. See you then.